Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello there and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm your host, Leticia Latino, and I'm excited to introduce you to Dr. Michael Steger. He's the director of the Center for Meaning and Purpose. He's also a psychology university professor. He has uh, been recognized as an authority on meaning in life, purpose, happiness, psychological strengths, and positive psychology. His research on these topics has been published in more than 100 scientific peer-reviewed journals, articles, and he has also written several books. His TEDx talk shared the idea that a meaningful life is in reach for everybody. So hello, Dr. Steger, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on Back to Basics. Well, I'm so excited because when I bump into your profile on LinkedIn, and I guess we had like several similar uh, posts, I read your profile and I'm like, oh my God, anybody that is the director of the Center for Meaning and Purpose has to be on Back to Basics. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And then I saw your TEDx talk and it's amazing. You're a great speaker, by the way. And uh, I'm just very very excited to chat with someone that is an authority on this subject because we normally go you know with day-to-day life from normal average people but uh, you are the first like let's say authority on the subject that I have on the show (laughs) well it's very kind of you to to have me and thank you for being so nice about my TEDx talk and my other speaking stuff I appreciate it and I'll try to be normal as well as (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please do so. And so so that you're normal. I always start, you know, um, you are a psychologist, sorry. And and so I'm always very interested to the journey to becoming, you know, our what we do or, or, or to get to our profession. So the first question I ask is, who was Mike as a young boy? What were your passions? What did you like to do? And is, is it at all related to what you're doing today in life? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I have been asked where my interest in what life is all about and purposes from before, but not really trying to characterize me as a young boy. I was probably, I didn't really understand how to manage my own emotions very well. So uh, I, I was really enthusiastically. Um, I get really disappointed if other people didn't like what I was enthusiastic about. And, you know, eventually I learned that emotions are all bad and I should never have them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've unlearned that. But, you know, I think really what it was for me that that does connect the dots is just a a lot of, I think, a lot of curiosity. And then combined with the idea that I took pretty seriously that we should all be striving to be better for our own sake and for the sake of others as well. So that just led me to wonder, what else is out there? What more should I be considering and learning about and trying to to be better at? 
Hmm. So you were always uh, kind of uh, into investigative work, because when I think about psychologists, I think like, uh, you know, human CSI's kind of teams where they dig and search and try to find solutions. So you, you were that very young. Yeah, I bounced between um, those investigative, that's hard to say, investigative <laughs> interests and also the social interests. I really felt like I was supposed to be helpful. Uh, and I worked as a as a psychotherapist for, for a number of years, but that curiosity always got the better of me, and I always wanted to find ways to, to keep asking questions and keep learning more and keep running into people who could help me understand just what it means to be a human alive in this universe. Well, it's not surprisingly then that uh, because you knew early on what it is that you wanted to do, um, I think you, you've had a, a career path that has enabled to do so much because when I was doing research on you and what you do, you say, wow, this is, you know, I kept saying, wow. And I, then I saw your TEDx talk and, and it's great because I think that's really, uh, when you know so early on, you can really maximize uh, your potential. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I think uh, I haven't ever really had a very clear career plan per se, but I have had a lot of conviction about my life plan. So in that sense, I think I've been one of those people who has found ways to do work that I think is hopefully helpful, but also really interesting and kind of in service of the way I want to I want to live uh, this life. So that's been a little bit more of my emphasis of, is on the life I want to lead and then how can work be uh, a nourishing part of that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it's working out all right. Well, it sounds that way. And then in terms of passions, besides, you know, how you were, were, were you particularly passionate about anything uh, in your younger years sports or yeah. hobbies yeah uh, well I had a lot of kind of typical things for for kids I had to wander around and explore with friends I was I was maybe a little too interested in fire okay <laughs> <laughs> never caused any damage but there were times I might I might have gone a little too far with trying to figure out what stuff could burn oh. um I know I had a chemistry set as a kid and I, I literally everything I found, I either tried to dissolve in acid or, or burn. And luckily the chemistry sets that you can buy as a child are, are super weak. So okay. luckily was, you decided for psychology. <laughs> oh, I know I I've saved someone millions of dollars in damage to various laboratories over the years. Yeah. Have you been uh, a chemical I, engineer or something like that? <laughs> no, no, I'm really curious, but I, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of very, there's a lot to learn to be an effective chemical engineer, and I, I wasn't able to do that. So I liked reading. I liked music. But I would say the, the passion that I, I just love nature. I, I, you know, I just I feel really distressed, I would have to say, about how we've been trying to sound warning signals about our treatment of nature around the world, um, both both for the, the, the fact that, you know, it, it deserves to exist, in my opinion, and, and there's something ethical about the way we take care of the world around us that's important for us to consider as both physical and spiritual beings, but also the fact that we're now seeing that we've been, you know, in a sense, burning down our own house and we're running out of places that are comfortable to live in. So I would say that that's been a passion, too. Well, yeah, then definitely that um, 
passion for the higher purpose. And and I guess, you know, and, and, and this interview is going to be a little different from my normal, you know, normally I, I get a lot of people sometimes, you know, they share how they, they thought they wanted to do something in life and then they really discovered their, their life purpose. But, you know, you, you had a little bit of a more like a sense of, of what you wanted to do and, and you've done so many interesting things that I want to focus a little bit more on that. And so you, besides... Um, you know, being a university professor, you, you really can influence people's life. And I was, uh, you're a very, I think, a generous professional because even in your LinkedIn, I mean, you post such useful information um, that I have read myself. And I was like, oh, this is good. I bump into your plan for something you shared recently. Let's see what they, a plan for using positive psychology to build resilience and create change. It's a great document. It's, a, it's probably a, a draft for a book or something like that. Uh, no, I just felt, uh, I mean, I just felt like I needed to, I don't have very effective skills for solving a pandemic. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can't cure anyone. I can't come up with a vaccine. So I thought, and, and really, you know, I have had, I've been, I've been very lucky to be able to follow the things that I'm passionate about and curious about. And so those things don't always provide a direct benefit to someone like it would if I was a nurse or a doctor or, you know, uh, working in a charity of some sort. So then I feel like it's always on, it's always on me and those who've been privileged in society to be able to do things that are personally gratifying, but it, but then it's on me to figure out ways to try to contribute back. And so that document was just created uh, because I I felt I needed to do something useful with with uh, the learning I had and the expertise I had, and I just wanted to make it just wanted to make it available. I mean, no one's contacted me about turning into a book, and that wasn't. <laughs> well, you never know. I said, I'm like, oh, this should be a book. It's uh, it's so good, and I definitely will share it in the show notes, and definitely very timely because um, you hear around. You know, I, I, I have two small kids, so I see I hear other moms with young children, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm, I cannot take this anymore. And you can definitely start seeing people, you know, uh, stretch thin. So I, I can already think of a few people I want to pass this document to, including myself. But well, it, please do, because I think that is that's one of the things that we can that we can do and we, we can pass along stuff that we find that. That's useful, and I've seen so much of that. It, it, it does leave me feeling pretty encouraged about that we might be able to have a reset on some of the ways in which we interact with people and just to be much more helpful and supportive. I think that that is one hope that a lot of people share about how we'll come through this this horrible time, this 2020. Yes, yes. I imagine that you feel that being, you know, a psychologist and, and you promote positive psychology. So in times like this, remaining positive is really challenging. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that, you know, my, what, what I do get to do in my life is, is tackle problems in a, in a very particular way. Like I've, I've been trained over the years, for, for many years now, to, to read research and, and go find those original articles and understand all those methods and the statistics and figure out what's good research, what are the best theories. And for a long time, I would just do that to to create additional research that other researchers would, would use. But I think now one of the skills that I'm, I'm really hoping to, to apply to current challenges people are facing is to, is to take those skills of being able to plow through, you know, hundreds of research articles and then create new 
applications of of the knowledge in there that that people can use for their lives. So that was that was one example that 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 sort of guidebook that I put up on LinkedIn. I love that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm in telecommunications, and so what we are experiencing right now, also in terms of technology and how we use the technology, it, it is disruptive, right? Like we don't watch TV the same way we used to. We don't go on a taxi the same way, way that we used to. Even before the pandemic, like we already were living differently. So I think that what you bring to the table is very interesting where you take, yes, there's tons of research done before, but we are not living in the same world. Yes, yeah, for sure we're not. I just think about the case of uh, like Uber, right? Is one example of a, of a huge disruptor that now just got completely disrupted I, unexpectedly. Yes, yes. This 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 virus disrupted whomever didn't think could be disruptive. I think cruise lines. Yeah. I don't think cruise lines thought we could be disrupted as an industry. You know? No, in what Virgin. Vir, uh, Richard Branson was yes. developing the first Virgin cruise ship, yes. and that's usually a pretty smart business person. So, yeah. <laughs> and he's, you know, heavily invested in traveling, like, you know, the Brightline here in South Florida and, and the airlines. I mean, it's just, uh, I think it's very humbling experience what we're going through to, to really show us that nothing is nothing is for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, what I've heard, what I experienced since... Well, it was interesting. So 2020, my biggest challenge, I thought, coming up this year was was trying to figure out how I could fit in all my all my traveling for, for keynotes and, and workshops. <laughs> I, really, I really thought, you know, I was, I was really excited. I was going to be able to bring my kids with me for the first time. We were going to go on, you know, just uh, father-son trips, daddy-daughter trips uh, to various places around the world where I would give a talk or a workshop and then we just explore together and I was really looking forward to that and I but it's also a little stressed because it was it was quite a lot coming up and then all of a sudden everything I'd been preparing to worry about was gone and a hundred <laughs> new things that I'd never even thought I was going to be thinking about popped up and I found myself doing just hating the word pivot right I yeah <laughs> like, yeah no I hear you <laughs> pivot 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 yeah. pivot yeah and, and kind of like the rest of the world I I for me, it became really important to try to figure out, like, well, what am I? Let, let's assume that, uh, you know, what am I really all about? Like, how ca I can't get myself up to do uh, just everything under the sun. I can't motivate myself, get myself fired up to do everything under the sun. So, so how can I reconnect with what's most important with me, regardless of how my plans turn out, you know, or regardless of whether I have to learn a new video teleconferencing platform or not, or a new classroom management program or not, or all these other things. And so in a sense, it was a little bit of a, <laughs> honestly, it was a back to the basics mm -hmm. uh, for me once I survived the, the spring semester. <laughs> just trying to figure out like, what is, what is motivation? So that was another topic that I tackled recently. I was like, what is motivation and, and why is it so tricky? Especially right now when we're just pivoting until we, we're so dizzy, we just fall over. Yes, and and uh, did you did you come up with the answer? <laughs> I did, I did, I did. Yeah. So the, again, it's nice to have a skill set where uh, you can read super boring things without getting bored, and in fact, being really excited. So, yeah, I think I did. So I, I created a, a, a program and a model, a, a blueprint folks can follow to really integrate the the best research and theories about why we do what we do and how we can find the right goals for the right reasons. And then 
sustain and, and be able to renew motivation under under a variety of circumstances. So it's kind of just a one stop uh, master your motivation and, and link it to the power of purpose idea. So it was kind of exciting for me to be able to to do that, even though everything else was making me nuts. <laughs> well, I can definitely relate it for people that follow the the podcast regularly. I've I've had a couple of episodes ago. I I actually talked about that. I went through a very similar process. Um, I, I had been thinking about do creating my webpage, like my personal webpage and for a long time. And I said, okay, this is going to be my COVID baby. This is the time <laughs> to do this. But in doing that exercise of portraying myself through this webpage, I had to really dig deep into things that you just <laughs> spoke about. Like, okay, what, what's my why? And uh, it was a lot of work, and it, it, but I loved it. I, my husband looked at me one day and said, are you changing jobs? Are you doing something? And like, he saw me with these handwritten pages and pages of thoughts that I was uh, <laughs> coming by. And, and then I decided to do the Power of Awareness um, Mindfulness Program by, by Tara Brack and, and Jack Cornfield. And it was, you know, it was really an awakening. So I, I can definitely relate to, to what, what you just shared. Yeah. And I love your example because one of the pieces that we are told quite a lot now is that we're supposed to find our why, uh, but, but there's like almost no one can show us how to do that without having would sound like really simplistic suggestions, you know, like there's like various formulas out there, you know, take your passions and take your strengths and there's your purpose. Uh, you know, and those things are, are, are fine to get you through a couple hours, but, but like finding your true why takes the kind of, it takes the kind of journey that you, that you just described. Like it takes a, a structured approach and really understanding who you are and what matters to you and, and what you want to be doing with, with your time and what gets you fired up. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, th thank you. I, that, that's that's really good. I mean, uh, to me, was the the what I'm good at. You know, like I always kind of went into okay. I'm a good connector. I'm a good. I'm I'm very social. So people always say, "Oh, you're you're the connector master." Yeah, and then I say, "Yeah, but that's not my why. My why is not to connect people. I do mm -hmm. that well, <laughs> but I don't think that's my why." So in any case. It, it boiled down to like having to to do something with inspiring people, which is what I do through this podcast. And, and it has nothing to do with my real job, but I just enjoy doing it and enjoy meeting people. And, and then in a way, I'm also connecting, but it's not the, the main drive. So it was very, very um, important exercise that I did. And I'm happy I did it. And I think with all your sharing, people are gonna be excited about trying to to also to find that why and that motivation yeah yeah so i mean i i, I actually have a similar kernel of of my why or i i, I tend to think of it in terms of like my purse my personal purpose and you know i think one of the misconceptions about purpose is you only get one uh -huh. <laughs> you know? I'm pretty sure you're keeping your children alive, even as you're, you know, inspiring other people. <laughs> yeah. What's the purpose of the parent and as a yes. adult, you know, can coexist. And, you know, so part of my purpose also is to try to inspire and, and encourage people. And part of my background being in the world of psychotherapy is also recognizing that even though I study positive psychology, like 
there are a lot of people encounter suffering and stress and setback all the time. So in, in everything I do, I try to think about how I can use the best of my abilities to inspire and encourage people, even when they're encountering suffering. And, you know, one of the ways I try to do that is by being curious. Another way I try to do that is by using, uh, I would say using my appreciation for humor, <laughs> much less, because I don't think I have a lot of talent for humor, but I have a lot of appreciation for humor. So, you know, it's just like trying to figure out how you weave all these little pieces together that make you really feel authentic and uh, really you and kind of natural at, at, at trying to step into opportunities to help. I think that's a really key part. Yeah, I think you use a very key word, authentic. And one thing that I feel with this pandemic is I think it has um, enabled us to be more authentic in, in even how we are handling life. Yeah, I mean, we are kind of, <laughs> under the best of circumstances, we're stripped down uh, away from a lot of the, the distractions and the just the uses of our time that were less important. And, and hopefully that one of the pieces that people are getting from that is that, you know, it's okay not to have to try to look fancy every day. It's okay not to try to show off a, an expensive car. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's okay to kind of get into little stress squabbles with people you love as long as you can work through it because only, you know, there's only so much bandwidth in homes and the kids are, are taking online school and I'm doing online teaching and my wife's doing her online business. And, yeah. you know, like we have these encounters and someone eats the last of the cereal I wanted. And, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> and we can't hide behind, well, I have to rush off to work, so we're going to have to talk about this later. Or we can't hide behind... Uh, you know, just being distracted all the time. So it does get us to be better company with, with who we are underneath all those, all those layers, I think. I totally agree. And uh, I know your time is precious, so I wish I can take you, uh, talk to you for hours. But I do want to ask you about something um, that I read in your paper. And you said that many of your students uh, have told you over the years, you know, that class changed my life or that thing you told me changed my life. And so I know, I'm sure you are someone that's used to see that suffering, that struggle that you were talking about before. For anybody out there that it's going through that kind of thing, what are those little things or what do you think is the, you know, I don't know, compelling thing that happens that makes you want to try to change your life? Yeah, I mean, we we catch people at so many different points in their lives, and, and I know the image from my generation as a Gen Xer of college was a little bit like, you know, Revenge of the Nerds. There are there are different types of people, but everyone's kind of having fun and being silly in life. And what I've seen over the recent years is that even if a student looks like they're disinterested, it looks like they just got back from a party out and are struggling to make an 11 in the morning class that doesn't tell the whole story and underneath the surface of so many people's lives is a lot of just a lot of effort and, and a lot of sad memories and a lot of maybe shame about things that they did you, you just can never tell so one of the pieces that we always start with in the class is something we call a serious introduction and just gives people an opportunity to tell a story about them at their best and most of those stories are about overcoming something, whether, you know, it's not, it doesn't turn into an ego fest. You know, some people have done extraordinary things like that, 
come into my class, but the stories they tell are about how they got through something and learned a surprising lesson about their own capabilities in, in a variety of circumstances. And so I would say that that exists within all of us. I mean, yes, there are circumstances that can make us feel like we're broken, but uh, I'll just I'll just say two things because I, I know I tend to go on too long and so so please feel free to invite me back. No, for then me, I'll, no, I, I'm sure my audience will be happy. <laughs> so okay. well, then I'll try to be really quick here. So the first thing is that uh, so one of the biggest inspirations for for my life and a lot of people's lives has been the the writer Victor Frankl, who wrote a book called Man's King, in which he describes feeling like actually what people believing theoretically that what people are all about is meaning, not about pleasure, like Freud said, or social dominance, like Adler said, psychoanalyst, um, circle back then. And then the concentration camps, uh, he went to four different concentration camps. He, he and his family were caught up in, in the Holocaust of Nazi Germany. He was living in uh, Vienna, Austria at the time, and he lost his entire family. And he was in four different concentration camps for the duration of the war. And he said, so not me, who's had a pretty pretty nice life. I was very thankful for that. But he said that the difference between people who made it through those experiences and those who didn't were, were that the people who lived had something they were living for. And you know, under any circumstances, even when everything's been taken away from us, we still get to choose how we're going to uh, bear up under that suffering. So that's someone who went through something terrible, not not someone who's... You know, just had a, a normal life like me. So I always take that to class with me. So if a student feels like I haven't been through the same thing that that student has been through, or if your listeners feel like no one's been through what they've been through, that's very, very true. But some people who've been through incredibly horrible things still come out with this message of, of inspiration, hope, and, and, and personal choice. And the other piece I would just put out there is that we never know where we are in our stories, unless we make the decision to be in a particular place in our stories. So this might be the turning point, or it might be the beginning of something worse, or it might just be the, the middle, or maybe not even paying attention to the fact that we're living our lives and that we're the main characters in these stories. So I try to encourage students to, to imagine what it would be like if um, you know the story turned out better at some point, and that this was an important moment for creating that momentum to, to have life kind of better. So what would you want to say if you were telling yourself this story uh, to get yourself through now so that you can close, you can say that today closes a chapter and maybe the conflict continues, but the next chapter deals with it in a slightly different way. Wow, your students are very lucky to have you. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so much. And we are very lucky to have uh, your TED talk. I'm sure it's not going to be the, the only one. Um, I'm a big TED, TED and TEDx uh, fan. So it's uh, just uh, great. And you have humor for the record because, <laughs> because I had a good few laughs there. And the last thing I want to ask is, uh, you know, what's new and exciting for you? What are you working on that, uh, that you're looking forward to? Well, thank you for asking about that. The, uh, you know, as part of my life, I've always tried to figure out a way to, you know, both enjoy my life and also make it make what I what I do with that useful. So, in the, in this past summer, I've had a, a great opportunity to tackle a couple of really important topics and create, you know, on demand online courses that for folks who are interested. And, and the first one is 
called Meaning in the Moment, and that's the, that's taught in collaboration with the Whole Being Institute. And they have a, a lot of wonderful courses with with amazing people. And I had the opportunity to teach a, a lighthearted look at meaning, so not, so not <laughs> one that you know is so heavy. And so it's really it, it talks about things like savoring. It talks about you know the way that we can think about time, but really just lighthearted simple ways to infuse everyday life with a sense of meaning. So I'm excited about that because you don't have to read a bunch of really long articles in order to enjoy that. And then the second piece we already talked about uh, that I decided I really need to figure out my own, you know, rising and falling motivation and figure out a way to make that sustainable and renewable. And so I created a, a course specific to folks who are facing those challenges in, in entrepreneurialism at an executive level or at a small business level. Just how do you keep, you know, pushing on the right goals for the right reasons? And if folks are interested, they can check out that course at uh, online. Awesome. Well, I definitely will check that out too. And I think, uh, you know, that this is the time to put that kind of content out there because we are all in search of what else can I lift my spirits with. So in order to close, I cannot close uh, this interview without asking, is there anything in particular that makes you reconnect with your true essence? You mentioned nature before, and maybe that's just it, but is there anything else? Yeah, so I think, again, uh, Leticia, we're going to find some some common ground. So for me, it's it's the, what turned my life around in a lot of ways from from an earlier set of struggles was was savoring. And I didn't know it was called savoring, but it was just opening my eyes to the to the beauty and and, and wonder of the of the world around me, whether that's nature, or whether that's art, or whether that's the kindness of another, of another person. So it was this appreciative mindfulness and just awareness of the fact that there is really, you know, there's still good stuff out there and it really continues as much as we sometimes neglect or even mistreat it. it the, the beauty and the goodness in the world continues to invite us to, to share in its wonder. So that keeps me connected. Well, um, I thank you for that. And I'm very appreciative of people like you uh, in the world because you, you do have a, an innate a quality to inspire uh, the way you speak, the way it really gets through. So I've enjoyed this very, very much. And I, I thank you for taking the time um, to, to come talk to us. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for, for talking to me about this really interesting stuff. Thank you so much. And I wish you best of luck. And all the information from uh, Dr. Steger will be in the show notes. Make sure to check out um, his paper, his books, and his uh, TEDx talk. Until our next episode of Back to Basics, this is Leticia Latino over and out. Mm -hmm.